official start. And go. <laughs> Everything else, that's just behind the scenes. So today we are back with our 100 outside the 100, where we're counting down from our number 200 games of all time to our number 100, which is where we are working through the podcast. So we've already done 200 to 191. So tonight we're starting at 190, and we'll go to 181. Yep. Some good games on this list, actually. I have some really weird games on my Like, as far as different types, different genres, it's all over the place. I have great ones. I like a lot of yours. And, and a kid's one. I... Family one, I guess. I have a family one. I think. <laughs> all right, so you go first on these, right? I have been. Yeah, because I go first on the podcast. Yep. Sounds good. Okay, so my number 190 is a game that I really like, and it was higher on my list because we used to play it a lot more. Um, but there are games that do similar things that I just like better, and that is Fresco. This is a Queen game? Mm-hmm. Guys, I knew a publisher. Uh, queen game where you are working to paint a fresco. Um, so you it's a programming, there's a programming piece where you program like what you're going to do in your day. I think it also has the same mechanic that Viticulture does where you choose when you're going to wake up. Mm-hmm. And that dictates like, there are some penalties for that, but that you get to go to some spots sooner. You go first, but stuff's more expensive. Yes. You're like picking paints up from the market. You also have to mix paints, which comes like, I think after the fresco painting um, programming. So you have to plan ahead. Um, we have a couple little expansions like Queenies or something, um, to paint portraits in addition to painting on the fresco, um, which I think is a fun little element to add. So you're uncovering things, you're moving the bishop. Yes. I think that's what it is. Around so you can come look at what you're doing. White people. Give you some extra favor. (laughs) It does look like, it kind of does look like a bishop piece. It does. Yeah, it does. That's true. Theme is important. That's right. You heard me. Uh, but it is a fun game. It's it is colorful. Um, the artwork isn't awesome because it's the Queen game, but they're definitely not lookers. That's for sure. <laughs> no, but there's lots of different colored cubes, and they're also different sizes, which I think is kind of interesting. Um, so I remember my number one ninety, also a good game, is Fresco. Yeah, I do like, like that. Again, I'm I'm gonna say this once now. Don't know where it is. It's probably on my list <laughs> somewhere. Uh, my number one ninety. Um, I, I think it might have been in my top 100 last year. I don't know that for sure. I'm pretty sure it's in my top 100 this year, I think. Yeah, it's sure. a good game. I've played it quite a bit, and it is called Meeple Land. And this is from Blue Orange. It is effectively a polyomino game, sort of. But everything is like rectangles or squares that you're placing down on your board. And what you're trying to do is you're trying to build a theme par- amusement park. So tiling. Tiling, yeah. And you're trying to connect roads to different attractions. Some attractions want to be next to different like stands, like a food stand, maybe a bathroom. Um, and you're just trying to get enough attractions so when a busload of people shows up, they can visit your attraction. Certain attractions want certain color uh, meeples to go to them. I don't know why. That's what the game does. And then you're trying to get the most money and points at the end of the game. You want to diversify your attraction, there's extra points, um, and that's it. You can turn the attraction any way you want, make the roads connect, all that kind of thing. Just kind of off the board. It's a really fun game, simple. Actually, it looks pretty good on the table, too. And that is my number 190, Meeple Land. It's kind of like, it's a cross between Roller Coaster Tycoon and like some of the simpler part. If you really simplified um, like Dinosaur Island to just like the park part. Yeah, that's true. It feels like that. Um, and I always love that kind of like roller coaster building type stuff. Um, and I'd like to play this one more. We don't get this one out enough. I've played it a lot. Well, not with me. M- more than, I mean, i played it with you a couple times, but I've played it a lot more than that. It's good. Uh, my number 189 is from Kids Table Board Games. Correct. Did I get it right? Oh my gosh. Kids Table Board Games. I love them. Okay, I just am an idiot and can't ever get their company title right. But the game is Fossilus. So I like, I, I'm assuming all of their games that we have are on my top 100. 
um, or top 200. Um, this one I've only played once. We don't own it, right? We do. We do own it? Oh, oh yeah. All the, all the I don't know what I'm pointing to. KTBG. Yeah. It's right here. <laughs> it um, was like a weatherman looking at a green screen. I was like... <laughs> I believe these other three are top, they're all in my top 200 for sure. Um, but Fossilis has like this gimmick of different stones that are layered and you can actually dig out like fossil bone, like dinosaur bones. It's amazing. It's a great gimmick. The a gimmick is gimmick. really cool. But for me, I felt that overshadowed the other gameplay mechanics because you think, okay, I'm trying to build this dinosaur like skeleton but you really don't get rewarded that many points if you actually build the skeleton you really just want bits of different skeletons yeah yeah you're trying to build as many different types as you can to score points but you get more points if you make you've completed all the way but then you're not getting a diverse diversification so yeah it's, it's tricky it's tricky yeah i just don't know if i haven't figured out quite well enough yet um, i've only played it just maybe one or two times um but again, like I think that the components are really cool. The the, thim, the kind of thematic moving of stone reaching into like this bone pit is also really cool. Um, I just like some of their other games better, but this one's still good. So one eighty nine fossilis. This is good. I don't. I know I have a couple of them on my top one hundred. Probably not that one, but mm. it's. I think it's in my two hundred for sure because I like all those games. My number one eighty nine is actually a new one. We we may play. Mm -hmm. I played it like three days before I made this list, which is probably why it hit. I think mine's higher because we just played it. Oh, I, it didn't resonate with me that much. Had I I played it more since then, it probably would be higher. But my number one eighty nine is a game we played with Fan Zero, and it's called Don't Go In There. And this is a little dice rolling game. Mm -hmm where you're trying to collect different cards by going to one of these three locations and try, you're trying to do some set collection with these cards, maybe get rid of some other cards. You're trying to have the least amount of curses. Each card has a curse. And you're also trying to avoid ghosts because if you get the most ghosts, every two ghosts is worth a curse. So that's the game. Uh, once the location has three places, it'll fire off. Everybody takes a card in order from top to bottom. Roll the dice, don't get scared, all that kind of thing. It's a great game. Really simple, really fun, and the dice glow in the dark, which is cool. So number 189, don't go in there. Yeah. I don't know if you can hear a cat, because we didn't feed him before we started this, heaven forbid. I'm sure he's starving. It's just ambience. He's only 20 pounds. Uh, yeah, that game is good. I'm pretty sure it's higher, but we'll see. Uh, my number 188 is a game that I'm surprised how much I like it, because it's it's essentially... I feel like it, it feels like area control, which is why it's only 188. And that game is Cargo Noir. It's a day's wonder game, right? Yep, I do. Oh my goodness. Guys, I do know some stuff about games. I couldn't tell you like who designed it or whatever. It's uh, Charles, uh, no, um, yeah, Charles Chevalier. Charles Chevalier. Chevalier? Sure. Okay, I don't know. Anyway, Cargo Noir, um, You've got this grid of different places, and it's almost like you're you're trying to, you're bidding on goods, right? Yeah, it's a really slow auction. It is a slow auction, so it has like it's not super mean, but there's like a lot of take that in it, which I don't really care. But like a lot of area control games, just when I feel like I figured out, like, hey, I can win this. I don't. I never do. I never do. Somebody comes at the last minute. I don't have anything to bid with, and I lose it every time. Yeah, it can it can be brutal. You got to give up on. You can't bid on every location. No, you tricky. you can't. Um, but I think like the the auction mechanic is is interesting. The theme is pretty cool. Um, it's a little bit. I want to say it is a slower pace. So for me, it's like a bigger looking kind of game on a table that you can kind of take your time with um, and and talk maybe or if you're also trying to eat or and do something which I know that's a major no-no for some people but I do eat while we play games sometimes. I mean, I'm eating chicken wings greasy sandwiches right over the board not over other people's stuff we don't do yeah I don't care what stuff. happens to my games 
Our games were, were savages, so we put them away properly. I, you know, I'd like it not to be all greasy, but, you know, <laughs> I don't really care too much. Uh, but Curtain Noir kind of has that slower feel to it, just trying to, like, get as many items as you can to have the most money. Yeah. Yep. I don't sure remember. It's a set collection game, effectively. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but... It's still, it's it's fun enough that I think it deserves to be on my list. So, 188 Cargo Noir. Oh, it's a good game. It, I I love that game. I like it way more than you. I love it. Is it on your list? Uh, I already you said this. Yeah, I have no idea. We'll find out episode by episode. Oh, my gosh. Uh, but I can just open up the file and look at it. We could. That's cheating. Where's the fun in that? It's cheating. Number 188 for me is a game... That would be higher on my list if we played it more. We don't get to play this a lot because yeah. it needs yeah. a specific number of players. Well, yeah, specific number of players, preferably, you know, an even number of players. Six to eight. Yeah. It's really good. And then everyone wants to play this party game-ish or a game about gender roles-ish. And it's called Ladies and Gentlemen. It's a, it's a party game, I think. But it has a lot of rules. So it's like a gamer's party game. Mm-hmm. In this game, one, play, one player on each team, you're playing in teams of two, one player on each team is taking on the role of the gentleman. They're going to go work at the stock market, earning money, trading, all that thing that you do. And the ladies, while the men are hard at work, the other player, they're going to be going shopping to try to find the proper dress and accessories for a ball. The whole outfit. Yeah. And you can only, they can only have a couple designers that they're getting cards from. They're doing like a set collection card game kind of thing. And the guys are just, the gentleman character doesn't have to be a guy. But you're just flipping these tokens to try to get set collection as well. So it's set collection in a few different ways. And after I think four rounds, whoever has the most points, which is stars, is the winner. So the men need to get money. The men character need to get money so they can buy the stuff. The ladies need to make sure they're buying things they're allowed to buy, what they need and all that kind of thing. So they can win. That's it. It's it's really fun. It's silly. It's a crazy theme. Don't get bogged down in that. Just have fun with it. Um, it it's a great game. And I would like to play this again because it's super good. So my number 188, ladies and gentlemen. The hard part about that is I feel like the ladies' role is more difficult than the men. Because as anyone knows, real specific shopping is difficult. So you like you have to you're choosing like these different stores to go to and like one store is your store. And if you go to a store without anybody else, you can get a special discount, which is always good because you're trying to save money. And then you want to get like your drafting cards and you want to draft maybe a little extra than what you need because you're trying to get the best of whatever you can get. Like it, it is I want to play a lot. La- I want to play the ladies' role. It, it sounds way more fun. Than the guys roll. I mean, the guys thing's fine. It's like a speed flipping tile thing, and you're trying to get the good stuff before everybody else. But it's definitely not as fun as I'm gonna go to the store, look at the stuff, and I have these two designers. I need to get this. I'm gonna pass you some cards. Like that seems way more fun to me, and I've never gotten to play that role. But maybe someday. I think I was thinking maybe we could break it out at Thanksgiving because we'll have so many people there. Maybe I'll, I'm playing the ladies. That's fine. I'll I'll brush up on the rules for the ladies <laughs> so I can teach it. Then you teach it on the side. I can teach them both. I do know the rules now. I did a video on it. Well, then why? You don't need me. I need a partner. Oh, okay. But I'm so good. We dominated this okay. game. Okay, we do. Yeah. We, we're we really good. But again, Jason's always playing the gentleman side, and I'm always playing the lady side. Thanks because you just trust me to do the right thing. Yeah, you're just like, hey, pay for this. All right, here's the money. <laughs> it's like real life. It's like real life. <laughs> Speaking of which, did you notice I bought new sunglasses today? No. I like disguised them as the ones I wore in, even though they weren't the same. Okay, so my 187 is also a party game, but it's so... <laughs> so full of lies. I'm not full of lies. I just didn't want to hear about it. All you had to do was tell Brandon and Josie to tell their daughter to give you your sunglasses back. I know, but I'm going to throw away the ones that are all scratched up, and I need these. I don't have any like them. Katie likes to wear sunglasses at night. Okay, Corey Hart, thank you. Um, so my one is a party game, and it even has the name Party in the title, and that is Sushi Go Party. Again, yes, this is a party game ranked high. I get that. However, I love sushi, number one. Uh, number two, I also like games where 
everyone is taking their turn simultaneously because especially for new people because I feel like that helps them um, like feel involved all the time I also like sushi go party better than sushi roll I like kind of not knowing what's in the hands trying to remember what's out there um, you can't be as vindictive with stealing stuff I just I just like it better um, also the artwork is so adorable I mean who doesn't want anthropomorphized sushi okay I absolutely love it the green tea or no the miso soup is looks like my grandfather I just <clears throat> I, I love it I love it and it's a fu it's a fun game um, it's one where you can easily say let's play around and let uh, you know draft some sushi and then we'll do the scoring and everyone knows how to play then after that and it goes by quick it's got cute components um, good artwork again and it's at its heart the drafting the set collection and I think it's a nice way to instead of doing like oh let's play skip bowl or you know whatever kind of there are cards in it so there's card game like thoughts and I think this is another one that I like to bring out at like family gatherings and stuff with non-gamers because it has such an easy accessibility point so my 187 is sushi go party sushi roll is better I totally disagree you're wrong uh, my number 187 is a game that I've only played a couple times. You have not played. Nope. Um, got it in a trade. And oh. it is a designer's only game. Oh. Who that designer is, I have no idea. It's... But the company is Rio Grande because I'm a big fan of those kinds of games because they <laughs> are... ugly. You know, this one's actually not as ugly. <laughs> but it is called Hawaii. And this is a game about taking your little tribes people moving them around Hawaii. So you're Hawaiians? Yes, you're Hawaiians. Moving them around Hawaii, trying to collect different resources, build up your um, village. And the, it, it's kind of funky because you're trying to get different tiles in your village to be a certain length. And then you want to have some hula dancing ladies because they're going to give you extra points for your tiles. You're also going to need to go to the fishing boat to catch some fish because you need fish for some things. They're going to score you extra points. Uh, you have feet that are like a resource that you can spend that you have to move. Uh, it, it's Moana, the board game. Yeah, kind of. Kind of. <laughs> so there's no Maui, but mm -hmm. he's implied. Uh, yeah, it, it's a really fun game. It's a Euro game, moving around, collecting resources, spending resources, all that kind of thing. In-game goal buildings that you can get, a whole bunch of cool stuff. Uh, it's fun. It's not super difficult. But just one I never bust out. So my number 187, Hawaii. Yes, I've not played this. And I think some of the reason why I don't ever suggest it is it looks just superficially like Bora Bora. And I hated that game. And a similar theme. Like, a, you know, yeah. Island Tropical Island Nation. Island Tropical Nation theme, yeah. It's super different, but they are okay. similar things. I appreciate so. that it's different. I'll try it. My number 186 is also a really light game. I guess it's not really a party game because it doesn't go big, but I would say it's like a party game. It plays like six, I think. Yeah, and that game is No Thanks. Um, again, is this the most complex game? No, but I've it's had... super fun. It's really fun, and I've had really good, like times I don't want to say times but like um, we have play like the atmosphere is fun people get into it um, again deceptively simple you either take the card that's out there or you say no thanks and you have to put like a chip down okay Jason's gonna feed our loud cat he is really angry you won't like him when he's angry Actually, he just gets louder. He doesn't turn green. Um, again, a lot of people have played No Thanks. The numbers correspond to points. You want the lowest amount of points. You either take the card that's out there or you play a chip and say no thanks. The problem is there's a limited number of chips and eventually you will run out and you have to take the card. Um, if you take cards in sets, that's great because you only count the lowest card in that, in that run as your points. So it's watching what other people are taking. It's seeing what's out there. Again, some cards are set aside. So there's a little bit of a push your luck element. And is this card to come out to help me complete my run? Um, what card am I going to stuck with? How many chips do I think they still have left? So that I could make this go around again. And maybe stock myself with a bunch of chips later. Because those will help track for my points. Um, 
a super simple game and a, for me those are my favorites where on my turn the action itself taking my turn very simple but the strategy behind it um can be almost anxiety inducing uh and again very easy very accessible um for non-gamers so i love to bring this out we put this with my family um i think last holiday thanksgiving or christmas or something they like went out they like drove like an hour uh, to Columbus to because there was a store there that had a copy because they they didn't want to wait to order it because they wanted to play it because they wanted to play it when they could have borrowed my copy but yeah so my number 186 is no thanks I think that was in my uh, 200 to 300 271 mm. there you go I put up the list wow look at you alright my number 186 is a two player game and this is one that's criminally hard to find now, but for a while, you could get it at Target, and it was $20. Which is why we have it. <laughs> now it's not $20 anymore. But that game is called Spirits of the Wild. And this is a two-player game where you're trying to use these little cards you have in front of you that are going to let you collect different, what are they even called, stones. Yeah. They're like these little rubbery stones, different colors. Trying to get these from these bowls to build constellations on your player board. And the constellations basically are set collections of different color stones. stones. So I may need two sets of, or three sets of two. I may need a th two, three of a kinds. I may need one of every color. There's also wild ones. But too many wild ones and it ends the game. So you're trying to balance, you know, when do I take these? Do I want to put stuff back in the bag? Do I want to take more stuff out of the bag? Because maybe I'm not ready to end the game yet. It's fantastic. It's fun. I like it. And it's cute. I don't care about that as much, but it is cute. 186, Spirits of the Wild. Yes, I like that one too. A little bit more. Uh, my number 185, I think, is also a two-player game. I've just only played it at two. It's two players, right? That's four. Oh, crap. Have I only played it at two? No, we played it at four. Or played it at three? Three. Yeah, it's, it, it plays best at two, I think. Oh, and that is Grinto. I have no idea the publisher or designer of this grand gamers guild oh okay designer I've, no idea i've heard of them um so this game has like the components are cool because there's stacks of these i don't know if they're plastic or what but there's stacks of these tiles that like fit on top of each other they like interlock um and they have different designs on top and they're different colors too mm -hmm. um to represent like different elements i want to say and you are trying to move them, um, get them in different stacks to score points. That's honestly that's it. The you're, crux of the game. They each collect tiles in different ways, and that's it. Yeah. yeah. So depending on if you're moving water or fire or something else, um, you collect fire. You, you collect tiles like maybe from left and right, you know, top and bottom, like in a square, or so many down. And so you're just trying to kind of manipulate the stacks of tiles and things and the ones that you have to score the most points. It's abstract, which I generally don't like. Maybe it's because I do I've done so well with this game um, because there's this idea of like, okay, I can see what the scoring is for these next several rounds. How do I manipulate these things to make the most of what's coming out? I like that puzzle. Um, it's only four rounds, just real quick too. It's short. And um, it really has well-made components, so that's why I really like it. That's 185 Garinto. Outside of my 200, but I do like it. What? A abstract, it's over there. Okay, I don't know where it is. Abstract just don't resonate with me normally. Yes, which is why I'm surprised yeah. mine got so high. There this are a couple. I like, I like this one. I like Mandala Stones, which I think I already talked about last week. No, you talked about Mandala. I like Mandala oh, Stones. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mandala Stones is a really, a really good, too. Yes. Or a good one, too. But, yeah. Grinto's good. If you if you haven't heard of it, and you like abstracts, if you like the 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 upwards tile type of thing, yeah. it's got that going on, which is always fun to stack tiles. So my number one eighty five, maybe a game that would go higher if we played it more, but somebody didn't really like it, so we don't play it a lot. I really wanted to though. And it's about a library and books, so <laughs> poser here. It's called Athenium Mystic Library. 
And this is a game where you are trying to arrange your bookshelves with certain kinds of books. But the trick here is the requirements that your bookshelf want, that you want to have in your bookshelf, shift every single round. So there may be a gold card you're working on. If you don't do it quick enough, it's gone. And it's like a drafting game. So uh, I'm going to play a card, but the card is going to affect me, but it's also going to give something to the person. I think it's either on my right or left or both. I can't remember. It's going to give something to somebody else. So while I'm getting a bonus, they're getting a bonus. So books are just raining everywhere. Uh, or magic wands, which lets you do score some stuff, all that kind of thing. It's a fun game. Candles, points. You can grow your bookshelf bigger, all that kind of thing. It's a fun game. It's a little tricky because those gold cards shift. That can get a little frustrating. Um, but it is fun. I like it. I like it better than another library theme, which is probably higher on Kitty's list. And But this is good. This is Athenium Mystic Library 185. Yes. Another directly comparing... Another game about arranging books in your library is much better. And I think because I played that, we played um, that for so long, and... I would say that's a better game, the other one. Yes. The not-mentioned game is a better game. It's smoother. But it has some production issues, which really knocks it off my list, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I just felt like this... I, I felt like Athenium. I was really excited about it. I love Athenium. The artwork is really pretty on the box. The box art is gorgeous, so I kept looking at it over and over again. Um... But it just played a little clunky for me because I don't like games where I feel like I can't actually do anything. Like, it, it's directing me too much. Like, you have to do this right now or it's gone. And I don't have to play the way I want, which is where, like, Ex Libris, I can take more time to arrange my books and, and try different things and use special powers to get to where I want to be at the end. However, I want to get there. As we argue about Alice Cooper and the Goblin King. Although I feel like Alice Cooper and the Goblin King, friends. Yeah, Alice Cooper would just behead himself. And then I would win. Mm. He'd win by losing. He'd be like, cool, Goblin King. Yeah. Like. Then he would come back and haunt the Goblin King. Mm, maybe. Uh, my number 184. I honestly am not sure how I feel about this game. The first time I played it, I had a negative experience. But I played it a couple times since then, and the experiences have been better. So I'm still trying to fight over that initial bad taste in my mouth, um, but it's like uber popular. You had a bad experience with this? Yes, the first time you played it sucked because you gave me the wrong rolls. Oh, I mean, that happens a lot the first time you play game. <laughs> I know, but it was like really detrimental. <laughs> uh, so it's Long Shot the Dice Game. So around here, we do play a lot of horse racing <laughs> games. We do. Despite the fact that we do not gamble <laughs> like on any kind of basis. Um, but Long Shot the Dice Game is actually a roll and write so um, you are rolling these dice. Uh, there's also a central board as well as your own personal player board. Uh, horses are moving. You are betting. You are um, like marking off things at the concession stand or marking off uh, jockeys, jerseys, and hats to get in-game points. Um, just you can also use your you're gaining money to buy horses, uh, ownership stakes in horses that are racing. Um, the first time we played it, like Jason somehow ended up owning all of the horses that like one place and show. That had nothing to do with the rule wrong. No, no. But because of that, no one else could touch his winnings because we thought we could only bid $5 at the most oh, that's on true. a horse. Yeah. Actually, it was like three games in before I figured that out. <laughs> well, I didn't play for a couple of games. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was like, there's no way you have to own the right horse and that's not going to happen. You can like, bid as many times as you want, just in maximum in $3 increments. In increments of $3. Yes. Yeah. So I'm like, I've been on every horse $3. I was like, yeah, i got to make some money. And I was like, I made like crap. Uh, so once that got fixed, because again, I like to play my own way. I don't want to own the horses. I want to bet. Uh, or I want to use like my concession stand, like bingo type things to fuel my bets. So I don't have to waste my money so I can save my money too. Um, that's just how I like to play. So now that there is more flexibility in that, there are different ways to go. You can bet, you can try and buy the horses, you can, um, even go in for the jerseys and make sure you have a lot of those because they are lots of good in-game points also. Uh, 
there are lots of ways to make it in this game, which I think makes it a really fun roll and right? And also we do like the horse racing theme. So that's my 184 long shot the dice game. I'm pretty sure this is higher on my list. I really like this. You do if, really like this. If it's not, my list is false. Fake news. Your list is fake news. No, it's pretty like... It's pretty good this year. It, it's coming up later. It's not in the top 100, but it is coming up later. It's close. Ooh, what, what a one? No way. What's wrong with you? It's, what is wrong with you? It just fell a little bit. Your list is... Don't judge me, Miss Longshot. It... It's where appropriate, 184. All right, my number 184 probably would be higher if we played it a little more, but I don't think we played it at all last year. I, I mean, at least I did. I have played yeah, it I did. more recently than you. And that is called, the game is called Takenoko. It's about a adorable little panda moving around, <laughs> eating bamboo, filling his belly with certain colors of bamboo, because that's what they like to do. Okay. And a gardener trying to grow that bamboo. Of course, the, before the panda eats the bamboo. The dang panda eats it all. It's a tiling game, sorta, but you're also trying to do certain patterns of tiles to score some in-game goal or some points. You're trying to eat certain colors of bamboo, trying to get bamboos at a certain height, mm -hmm. which is where the gardener comes in. So you're trying to like move the panda away from when you're trying to do these goals. It's really cool. They just announced the rolling right, which looks really cool. It does look cool. Um, I don't know much about it other than the picture, but. I'll definitely try that when yeah. it comes out. So it's a cute game. It's fun. I don't. I don't hate it by any means. It's just we don't play it. It's right there on the box. It's the adorable little panda box. That's okay. Um, so yeah, number one eighty four. Talking Oko. I do. Um, I think I play this more than you because a lot of times, like Jason's like, "Well, I'm setting up this heavy euro." And if you show up at this table, that's what it is. In my defense. I don't care about hosting people. We don't play heavy euros. You all figure yourself out. We don't play heavy euros that much. Okay. Great. We play solidly medium to heavy euros. <laughs> so then I'm like, okay, well, I need to make sure everyone else feels included. So I let the other people like, hey, why don't you pick out a game? And inevitably, a lot of people are really drawn to the box art of Takenoko. How I mean, it's got, I like the font, it has the adorable panda, pleasing colors, and then you get to play with the little piece of bamboo, and the gardener, and the panda. We even have the chibis. We haven't even played with the chibis. We haven't even yet. played with the chibis, but just to know they're there, and like I can sit with the little girl good. panda, it's adorable. You can use the girl instead of the boy, she can walk around and eat some yeah. bamboo. Yeah. It's so cute. So, yeah, I have played it more. It, I'm assuming it's higher on my list. I don't know, though, because I don't have my list with me. This is as high-tech as I get. My you, number 180... You really are a boomer. I was kidding earlier, but we, you kind of really are a boomer. No, I just like paper. <laughs> um, my number 183 uh, has been spoiled by Jason's number 186, and that is Spirits of the Wild. Again, it's a good game, but I don't, I don't love... I don't play two-player games as much as I play like larger games, um, but it is the production is amazing. Like there's just the artwork is so calming to me. Also, like it's just the starry night and these constellations and these really tactile little stones and um, it's short enough that you're like, oh, that was great. Let's go again. It's almost too short. Almost. Yes. Like you can play a game in this sometimes in ten minutes. It can be really like, quick, yeah. but it, but then it's so easy to turn on, like, let's do it again, let's do it again. Like, you can play, like, like I think last time we played this, because I couldn't remember it, surprising, um, we played, like, three games in a row, just to, like, try it out again, um, because it is so quick, um, and it's just, like, an easy kind of game, but there's enough, like, the, again, it's one of those games where the cho the actual choice of what you do on your turn is easy. Um, but that decision is a little bit more meaty. So I really like that. Uh, so 183, Spirits of the Wild. Yeah, it, it. I wish there were some more cards. I wish it did good mm -hmm. enough that they would do like a more stuff expansion. You yeah, know? I don't know why they haven't made an expansion for this. I, don't know, I wish someone else would pick it up. Mattel, give somebody else some rights. Um. Yeah, you know who they need to give it to? Buffalo. Oh yeah, Buffalo would tear it up. They'd they do it right. they make a big box. Get all these amazing components. Get Philip like Walker Harding in there to like design something else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a good game. You good heard game. us. You know. So my number 183 is a game. You've played this one. Yeah, I talked about it in the podcast last oh, week. Oh, yeah, I that's think. right. That's right. Uh, and it is one I traded for. I wanted it for a while. If only I would have waited, we could have gotten Kim for free. Um, and it is called Passing Through Petra. 
and this is a renegade game game <laughs> and it's uh i think the publisher or designer is j alex kevern he does sentient world's fair some other games like that mm, okay and you. this is a game it's kind of like an action selection game katie talked about it on the podcast you're moving a little worker around this three by three grid the direction you move in is the action that you're able to take there's trying to collect these different people from the the seek uh you may go to the market to acquire some cards you may activate some of your characters on your player board to sell them goods to score points to move around these tracks because at the end of the day what you're trying to do is move this little disc around these five different tracks the more you go around you can put your cube down first player to get your cube down you win it's basically a move up the tracks game but instead of moving up the tracks, you're just going around 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 you're just circling the tracks uh, it's so much tan it's all tan all the time. I mean, the the traders have colors. That's it. It's t that's it. It's the tan board, and then the trader pieces. And the tan walls. Trader with a D, not traitor. Traders. No, that's a different game. We're trading things. Trading in the Mediterranean is what we're doing. <laughs> well, I don't know where Petra is. Yeah, so. it's close to the Mediterranean. Yeah, close enough. I'm not going to say any more about Petra because I don't want to be a dummy. But it means rock. Uh, yeah. So this is a fun game. It doesn't play as good at two. It's better with a little more people, I think. I liked it at two. It's fine at two, but it is. I played it at three, and it is a little bit okay. better because the people shift out of that seek a little bit more. There's mm -hmm. more stuff rotating in and out. It's a, a little bit better, uh, but it's a good game if you like simple euros, a lighter, fair euro, one eighty three passing through Petra. Yeah, it's a good one, as you can see, because it's in my top one hundred. Check out last week's podcast. Uh, my number one eighty-two. Jason talked about last week. Yes, it was my number one hundred game of all time. So uh, two weeks ago. Wow, that's really high. I think. I thought you talked about it on the video, but I could you, be wrong. You might be right. Let me see. What game is it? Yeah. Okay. You can go ahead. The game is "Don't Turn Your Back." <laughs> I'll just say it now. Um, so this is, I, I'm pretty sure Jason talked about it on last week's video. Um, I can't even find it. I know it's in, oh, spell stuff. Maybe right. if you, yeah. I, Just keep talking, I'm looking. It's a deck builder, but you're also then using oh, yeah. the... Number 200. Yeah, you're right, you're right. You're also using those cards in your deck actually as workers on this board. So you can play some in the high school where the more like the more pain that you have there, shocking. High school is pain. The more pain that you have in high school, uh, the more points that you get with your candles. Um, every round, there's a card that um, has some kind of goal for the city that um, you can meet to get points as well. Uh, you can also then encase cards in wax for in-game points. And I, I really like how they do the in-game points because a lot of times you're like, oh, I just have to get the most in there so that I win. But the interesting thing is if you have the most cards in there, then you, there are different ways that you score the cards that end up in your, in your deck. Sometimes third, being in third, is a better way for you to score points. Right. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. Yeah, it's it's unlike it. It's super weird theme. Uh, the artwork is creepy as all get out. It's based on um, a graphic novel. Uh, no, RPG. a based on an RPG. RPG. Um, where don't, like, don't close your eyes. Don't close your eyes. I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a little weird, but since I really like deck builders, and this does things in an interesting, way, like a different way, I like this one. So that's my one eighty-two. Don't turn your back. Yeah, I think we might be in the minority of people who really like this. Yeah. Uh, which is sad. Chris likes it. We like it. We've tried to make other people like it, and they're just kind of And like, they don't. Eh. <laughs> I don't think they hate it. They're just like, eh. Which they could be wrong. It's fine. Mm -hmm. We can make a video on that, tell them how they're wrong. Oh, I tell people they're wrong. Yeah, but it's a good game. It's it's not the greatest game in the world. No, but it's one of the two worthy. The way the cards, the way the cards work as work, workers on the board is really cool. Yeah. I'm surprised more games don't do that, honestly. Mm -hmm. So my number 182, small push your luck game from Weird Giraffe Games, has books in it 
this is not the one I was talking about before the other like library game, but but I also like it. This is called Fire in the Library, and this is a game about rescuing books from a burning library. Very important. And the way you're doing that is it's a push your luck game where you're pulling cubes out of a bag, and you're trying to get more of the non-fire cubes than fire cubes. If you get too many fire cubes, you bust. You're on fire and have yeah. to leave the library. The, and the books will, you'll start speeding up the process of the burning. The library will be more on fire, meaning those books are going to be more scarce and all that kind of thing. There's also some tool cards, which is like buckets of water, mm -hmm. extra bookshelves. They're really cool. Backpacks. Book carts, back carts, backpacks that you can use to help you get more books out, score more points. And all you're trying to do is score points. Each of the cubes that you pull out are going to have be worth some kind of points based on the cards that are out on the table. And then if you don't bust, you get some points. If you do bust, you don't get any points. Simple, fun. Who doesn't love pulling cubes out of a bag? I know I do. Yeah. So number 182, Fire in the Library. Um, I also like this has a really cool mechanic. Like when you pick your, the first player picks their turn order. Oh, yeah. And while you get to reach in the bag that has more books in it as the first person, the person to go first, um, fire is bad. <laughs> the sooner the, the fire gets the first person that you're, you're, you're busting much sooner. Yeah. So that's a really interesting kind of catch up mechanism yeah usually eventually i'm gonna take this last one because i <laughs> i need to not i keep drawing out fire cubes yeah. and i can't um i really think that we need to play this one more so finally i complained i'll it i complained a lot about how i didn't have the um upgraded components for this because jason wouldn't let me buy them uh origins one year because they have like instead of just cubes they could be books you could pull okay. the actual books in my defense the game is $30. The books were like 20 I don't think they were that much. Either way, the game is $30. It was at least half the amount of money for this game that these books cost. I, no. It's no wonder. But I have them now. Yeah, one of our, fr our friend Kim from Tabletop Rebellion, she was giving away her copy of the game, but she let us have the books. Yay. So I'm happy about it. Um, and again, this is one with that just pulling things out of bags is an easy mechanic that you can teach all kinds of people. So check it out. So my last one for tonight is a classic. It is an early um, addition to our library, something that we bought pretty early on at Origins when it first came out. Let me guess. Um, I didn't look at your list. Really? Yeah. Sheriff of Nottingham. No. It has really great components in just the base. I'm terrible at this game. Jason's really good at this game. I still love this game. And surprisingly, a lot of non-gamers have picked up on it and really like this game. We already talked about Electronic Mall Madness, and that's the game I'm best at. But I have no idea what it is. The game is Century Spice Road. Oh, yeah, I am pretty good at this. <laughs> How could... did you not get I, I gave you all the clues. I, I can win this game without taking any new cards or like one new card. I know. And I'll like, I'm just trying to make Katie's something happen. has got like happen. 42 cards in her hand. I'm like, maybe I just need a better card because I can't make anything happen. I can't. I don't know. It's too, maybe I'm just not good at economics. The conversion of things. It's not, this is why I'm like, I want this, Jason. Just hand the money over and buy it. Um, I'm just like, I know I need to get those cubes, but I'm not doing a good job of getting them. Uh, I think the last time I played it, though, I actually maybe won, which is a surprise as much to me as anyone else. Last time I played it, I played with new people, and I got destroyed. They all had, like, five cards, and I had, like, two. Hashtag good teacher. <laughs> but there's, like, just in the basic game, there's these bowls to keep your components. The cards are nice tarot size. Um, it comes with like metal coinage type things. Um, like there's just, the artwork is kind of cool. Like I know some people are like, oh, I like the Gollum and I don't know anything about that. It's the same, just the same exact game, just maybe a better art. I don't know. I think the art's nice. Um, and we've taught it to people who don't really play games and they really like it. They picked right up on it. They went and bought it as a Christmas gift that year. Like, it surprisingly goes over well, which I find interesting because I can't figure it out, apparently. Well, 
I think the games that go over well are those games that have, like, on your turn you do one of three things. Yes. You either do this, you do this, or you do nothing and rest. Oh, yes. Oh, the yeah. card time mechanic. Yes. And and so then you're, like, trying, like, do I take more cards because I don't want to rest and not get to do something on my turn, but taking the card is a turn. Um, I do like it, again, on my turn, I do these one of these simple things, but choosing what to do and when to do it because um, we're all competing for to fulfill the same contract. So it's basically um, resource management, contract fulfillment. Uh, I just, it, it's, it, it comes across as deceptively thinkier, but I think the economic base, a lot of people are like, oh, a lot of people, unlike me, are like, yes, I get that in real life. So they do really well at this, I think, but not me. Yeah, it's like, I, sometimes I get caught up in, I need red cubes. So I'm just going to turn yellow cubes into red cubes. But then there's no goals out there for red cubes. So what was I doing? I don't know. Why do I have sometimes 10 red I, cubes? Sometimes I lose focus, but I just love converting cubes into other color cubes. <laughs> that, that's really fun. It's almost as good as pulling stuff out of bags. If only there are tracks and nobles. <laughs> I mean, you assume you're trading with the nobles, that's I true. guess. There, but it's no implied tracks. nobility. Yeah. There's lots of colors, though, in it. So, yeah, But yeah, yeah, that's my number 181 is Century Spice Road. Uh, that's a good one. I think it might be the. I'm gonna actually look. It might be the only one that I have rated because it's my favorite one of all of them. We don't own. Do we own that? Oops. And uh, then the third one. Brandon owns both of the other ones. Oh, you do like it. Yeah, it'll, it'll be coming up later. Oh, no, not on the podcast. On the video. So my number, whatever this is, 181. <laughs> Century pulling stuff out of bed. We're gonna make that crossover happen. Is um, a family game, I guess. Maybe a kid's game, but... I think it's I, a kid's I, game. I think you can play it with your families. I mean, we did. Yeah, we played it with adults and one kid. And it is called Pebble Rock Delivery Service. And this is from Druid City or Skybound. I'm not sure where the lines go. Yeah, I'm not sure which one. Uh, it's Tristam Rossin, I think is his name, their name. I know there's a new game coming out from that designer... That has similar art. It's cute. <gasps> the art is so cute. Yeah, it's another game, similar weight. But, yeah, Pebble Rock Delivery Service, if I didn't say that. This is a game that takes place over, I think, eight rounds. So you're getting eight turns. That's it. And what you're trying to do is you are moving your cute little boat around, this little character that you have, and you're visiting different islands to either deliver cargo, pick up cargo, pick up a passenger, deliver passengers, Maybe go to the market to buy some extra cards to expand your cargo hold, upgrade mm -hmm. your ship. Uh, maybe go to the lighthouse to fill your cargo up. Avoid the shark at all costs. Go visit the whale because she gives you some free cargo, which is and cool. And she's so cute. She is cute. You can Love go it. to one of the islands and snag a treasure chest. If you can deliver it to the pirate, you get extra points. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just a, pick up and, a kid's pick-up and deliver game. It actually is, you know, for having four turns over the course of the game... Or um, eight to ten turns over the course of the game, you do a whole lot of stuff on your turn. You can just keep going until you, yeah, run, you, you run out turns. of movement. You can change stuff. You can deliver in the middle of your movement. It's really cool. It's really huge. Takes up a huge section of the table. <laughs> I don't know it why. has really nice art, nice production. I like it. So one eighty one Pebble Rock Delivery Service. Was this an Ollie's find? Too? Where do we get this from? Uh, I think they sent it. To me. Oh yeah, because I saw it yeah. somewhere, and I'm like, this is adorable. Is that it was on Walmart.com for a long time for like twenty bucks. Oh yeah, yeah, maybe that's where we saw it. It is super cute. Because um, honestly, when we played it with our daughter, our youngest daughter, we had to kind of help her like maximize her turn a little bit um, because you can keep kind of gaining movement when you you can like spend some cargo to get some extra movement and go places and like. Um, so I think that while it is a kid's game, adults, yeah, can definitely play it too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, you just pick up and deliver. And it's all these adorable animals. Okay. I think we've reached the end of our list for tonight. So I'm going to recap. My number 190 was Fresco. 189 was Fossilus. Uh, 188 was Cargo Noir. 187, Sushi Go Party. 186, No Thanks. 185, Gorinto. 184, The Long Shot, The Dice Game. 183, Spirit to the Wild. 182, Don't Turn Your Back. 
and 181 Century Spice Road. And my number 190 is Meeple Land. 189 is Don't Go In There. 188, Ladies and Gentlemen. 187, Hawaii. 186, Spirits of the Wild. 185, Athenium Mystic Library. 184, Takenoko. 183, Passing Through Petra. 182, Fire in the Library. Two library games, what the world. 181, mm. Pebble Rock Delivery Service. Maybe I rubbed off on you with the library games. Maybe. I need to change that. No, they're so great. I love books. I'm embarrassed by myself. By myself. Oh. <laughs> That's okay, right? Um, I don't know. I, is that what you're going to keep doing, what you did for the first one? I'm trying to post them on YouTube, but we had an audio and a lag issue, or audio and video lag issue. So, if nothing else, you'll get audio across the podcast and the YouTube. So we'll see. I want video to be on YouTube, but that might not happen. But either way, there'll be some kind of audio somewhere for you to check out. <laughs> so you may be able to listen to our top 200 and concurrently with our top 100. And then we'll eventually meet in the middle. Um, so this week on the podcast, which we haven't recorded yet, <laughs> we'll record later. Um, this week, we're doing what? Games 1... 180 80 through 171. 171. No. 80 through 171. Oh, the problem is around nine o'clock every night. Our internet. Is our internet's terrible. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what's going on. Sorry, guys. I blame Verizon. Sorry, <laughs> or no Spectrum. Spectrum. It's okay. a Spectrum issue. I don't complain. I don't care. Yeah. Right. It's just like you're watching one of those overdubbed uh, films. <laughs> yeah. Bad overdubbing. Yeah. Just pretend. <laughs> okay, I have nothing left to say. I'm getting sleepy. Yeah, I'm good. Okay, sorry. Um, thanks for joining us, even for a little bit. And we'll at least put out the audio for you. <laughs> Since the video isn't working. If you're only hearing audio, what I just did right there was really funny. <laughs> only as funny as you can be. <laughs> All right, yeah, I'm shutting this down. All right, bye guys. Keep gaming, everybody. Don't say anything inappropriate. Will you say that like I all the time say something inappropriate? I don't.